Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer, Episode 3. I'm joined today by Pastor Mencken, who is the pastor here at Messiah Lutheran Church in Seattle, right by the University of Washington. Pastor Mencken, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what areas of the country you've lived in, and how you came here to Seattle? Oh, sure, Nicholas. Um, Well, I was originally born in Kansas City, Missouri, Um, spent the first part of my life there. Um, Then when I was, oh, about six and a half, my father decided to go to the seminary, and we relocated to uh, beautiful Fort Wayne, Indiana. And we spent a few years there, and then down to Texas for my dad's vicarage, back to Fort Wayne, and then to Illinois, where I spent the majority of my uh, formative years. Uh, I ended up graduating from high school in Peoria, Illinois, and then went to the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign for my undergrad and my master's degree. And then I uh, just worked for about a decade before ending back up in Fort Wayne um, uh, again. And then, oddly enough, I did my vicarage here at the church I currently serve um, my third year and then went back to the fort thinking I was never going to be in Washington again. And lo and behold, they had called me back as the pastor, as the associate pastor with Pastor Ernie Lastman. And we did that for a few years together, and then he retired, and now I'm here. So I've lived pretty much all over the country at this point. Nice. So how would you compare and contrast kind of other places with Seattle? What stands out to you as some of the good features of Seattle compared to the other places you've been or some things you might miss about the other places you've been? Well, I think it's pretty... uh, uh, I always want to remind people there is beauty in everywhere the, that you live. You know, God's creation is beautiful no matter how flat it is in Illinois or how beautiful the mountains are here in Seattle. I think some of the, the, the things that attract me or I enjoy so much about Seattle are, are definitely the environment. It's a beautiful place to live. You know, we're ringed in by the Cascade Mountains and the Olympic Mountains over on the Olympic Peninsula. And on a clear day, uh, from a couple of uh, windows in the church, I can even see Mount Rainier off in the distance. And so uh, uh, the natural beauty of this place is is really outstanding. Um, that's not to say there isn't a lot of natural beauty in a cornfield, but uh, I think it's a hard-pressed comparison. So it's a beautiful place to live. Seattle, I think one of my favorite parts about Seattle is the climate as well. Uh, there's kind of an ongoing joke in my congregation that if it gets uh, 20 degrees above 65 or 20 degrees below 65, everyone probably isn't going to be in church. And I think there's a lot of truth to that in this area. The, the weather is very clement. Um, uh, we do, of course, have the reputation for it raining all the time, which is well well deserved, especially in the winter months. But, uh, you know, I will take little drizzles every day as opposed to feet and feet and feet or uh, many feet of snow certainly so what might be some of the things that you miss about those other places that seattle doesn't have we have a thing here in seattle which i I think is was actually well uh well founded and that's called the seattle freeze and uh that has nothing to do with the weather by the way that has to do with the people and that is one thing I, it is really hard coming from the Midwest for me to first adjust to. Um, in the Midwest, people are 
very friendly, even to the point of getting in your business kind of friendly. Um, and it's, uh, it took me a little bit to get used to coming out here. People, uh, it's, it's much, I think it's considered rude to engage someone in conversation if you don't really know them well out here. I think one of my favorite examples of this was when I was on Vicarage, one of my first shopping uh, trips to the Safeway up the street here. I was standing in line, just kind of killing time, and a woman pulled up behind me in a cart uh, with her cart, and I looked down, and there was something in it. I, I don't even remember what it was at this point, and I was trying to make small talk, so I said, uh, wow, that looks good. I, I've been wanting to try that. What did you think? And she looked at me, and she said, I don't know you well enough to answer that question. <laughs> and that was the end of our conversation. And that was my introduction to the Seattle freeze. And I do find that a lot of people who come out here have a really hard time adjusting to it. Um, we have a number of members who have moved here from the Midwest for job opportunities and things. And, and they comment on it frequently. If you're not from here, it's, it's hard to get used to. But that's one of the, the great things about a church home is you can get a little piece of that friendliness right in the middle of Seattle. Um, even if, uh, even if the rest of your week is spent by people who don't want to talk to you because they're too busy looking at their cell phones or just not engaging with the world around them. All right. So that's so, one thing I do miss. Let me jump in here. There's kind of two directions I want to go with this. One is for those that do end up here, how you'd recommend dealing with the Seattle freeze and then putting that question on pause for just a moment. Also, the people here in Seattle. You hear a lot about how progressive and how kind of crazy it can get out here. But what's it like being a Lutheran, a Christian here in the Northwest with with that kind of the sort of people that you're around and you encounter on a sure. basis? Well, well, let me talk to the first question about, you know, the Seattle freeze. Honestly, I think the best approach to it is to be proactive. Um, it's something I've had to try very hard to do myself is just don't be worried about people not responding to you. Don't be worried about people. Um, if you want to be friendly, be friendly. That's what I tell myself. And, and I do. I, I, am, I can be very gregarious when I want to be. And uh, it's actually, uh, sometimes people appreciate it. Sometimes they give you weird looks. But I, I think it's important to be who you are. And then also, I would remind people, you, you can find a little of that in a church that you can't elsewhere. People are, tend to be more friendly, and if they're not, I yell at them. So it's uh, important that uh, your churches are friendly. But uh, as to the culture of Seattle, and I, I'm, uh, I'm assuming you're referring to basically the paganism uh, or the neo-paganism of Seattle. That's probably a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, that, that's a little trickier and uh, a lot harder for people to, to tolerate. I remember one time um, I had a member, a um, good, good and faithful member that I've known for a number of years, and I sat down with him, and I, I'm not being judgy here, but oftentimes people in the Midwest are what we call first and thirds or second and fourth, meaning they go to church every other Sunday. They're either there the first and the third or the second and fourth Sunday. And out here, my members tend to be here every week. And I went to uh, one of my good members and I said, uh, 
why, you know, why, why are you here every week? You never take a Sunday off. And he said, well, pastor, you don't understand. We, we couldn't make it without it. And I realized that was incredibly true the longer I've been here. It is, it is a very oppressive culture to the faith, especially, I would say, the historic Christian faith. Now, if you are a progressive Lutheran, which I won't name names, but, um, you know, the other synods, they seem to have a little easier time because they are much more accepting of some of the uh, more agenda-driven theology. But, of course, we are uh, Christ-focused and Christ-centered and, uh, you know, of the theology of the cross. And this place gives you lots of opportunities to bear your cross because there are so few Christians out here I've read different reports as as few as 3% of the population is in church on any given Sunday. And that includes Unitarians, Mormons, even things I wouldn't necessarily consider Christian. And so um, it can be a rather oppressive place. The common joke is that uh, all of that uh, white stuff on the on the mountains over there isn't snow, but it's actually transfer papers for people from the Midwest that never made it. And that tends to be uh, kind of common. People move out here and they get assimilated into the culture. And one of the first things to go is, of course, um, the church. So Pastor Mankin, with this really oppressive culture, would a move to the Northwest be something that you would recommend if someone's job takes them here or what what sort of person would survive survive or um, at least get through this kind of more oppressive atmosphere that we've already talked about? I think you have to follow Shakespeare's advice and to thine own self be true. You have to know your limits. B- be prepared. I mean, if you if you're going to move out here, be prepared for your faith to be under attack, and be prepared for people to uh, question your faith continually. Um, as far as the type of people, I think anyone can make it work. But the question you have to ask yourself is, am I willing to pay the price to make it work? You may move out here thinking, oh, I'm going to have a large, large circle of friends and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not necessarily going to be true. Um, just because it's a certain way where you've been doesn't mean it necessarily will be that way here. With that said, uh, we have one of the highest percentage of single and unmarried uh, people in the nation. Um, That's statistically kind of interesting as we have a huge chunk of young singles. You would think that would be great for the dating scene, but because of the Seattle freeze, that makes it incredibly difficult. So we have a lot of uh, people moving out here for the tech industry, obviously Amazon, Microsoft, those kind of things, but also some of your older tech industry kind of jobs like Boeing. There's a lot of people, but it's, it's, a, it's a different culture. Um, it's very hard for families to be out here. Um, I, of course, have two small children, which you may have even heard on the audio. Um, it's... Uh, it is difficult um, raising children out here. What what is it like raising a family in, in specifically in Seattle? Having I, I, really the only thing I have to compare it to is Kansas City, where my cousins are raising their children. Um, it it is not a super uh, city. It's not a city that is super family friendly. 
Um, what I mean by that is housing is very expensive. So most of my young families tend to live a ways out of the city. Some of them, you know, I have people who live all the way up in Muckleteo, Everett, and all the way down in South Renton, um, which if you know anything about the geography, that's about as far away from our church as you can get without being completely out of the metro area. Um, and the reason they do that is because if they want to have a family of any size uh, to be able to afford a home, they have to live quite a ways out of out of the area. So it's it's not a super family friendly city. Uh, the cost of living is very very high. Um, most of the neighborhoods are moving to these single um, single person dwellings. Even in this neighborhood, they took a bunch of family homes out and put in these one and two bedroom kind of condominiums. You know, not very conducive to having uh, very large families. Um, that is not to say you can't. I mean, we do have some members who have five kids and and things, and my wife and I hope to have at least an, another one. So you can, but you just have to be prepared to pay the cost of that, both uh, monetarily, but also spiritually. I can kind of give you a couple examples of that. Like um, I was chatting with one of my daughter's classmates' parents the other day, and he and I were getting along really well. He was from Iowa, you know, we were talking and I thought, oh man, this could be wonderful. We'd meet a, a, someone we could hang out with. And he said, oh yeah, my husband's from North Dakota. And I said, oh, okay. So all of a sudden, uh, here I am in a very awkward situation where um, this very nice young boy has, has two dads. And so it leaves me in this situation. Well, what do I do? Do, you know, do I tell him, oh, I'm a Lutheran pastor. And, you know, by the way, I, I don't agree with your lifestyle. Or do I just kind of let it go? Or it, it puts you in, in very awkward situations. Another kind of example of an awkward situation we had, um, my, my wife, one of her bosses, actually her boss's boss, had a license plate that said Rev Deb and my wife thought oh you know either she's a gearhead or you know what's going on so she asked her and said what's what's the deal with the license plate and she said oh well I'm a reverend in the Wiccan church I'm a Wiccan high priestess and of course all of a sudden my my wife realizes she she works for a complete pagan and uh and that was interesting. And of course, when we had children, she presented gifts and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that she did anything to them, but it certainly gave us a kind of something to think about. You know, what, what do we do in this situation? And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> there, there are a lot of opportunities out here to, to witness and share the gospel. That's what I remind people of all the time. But because it is such a pluralistic culture, it can be rather challenging at times to stay faithful. Certainly. So let's transition to something a little more fun. Okay. What sort of things would you recommend people see? What are some of the hidden gems around Messiah that if people are visiting the area, they got to check this out? Well, I think uh, if you're just visiting, obviously there's a lot of beauty to be found right in the area. Um, 
there, there's a lot of little day trip opportunities kind of thing. You can go over to the peninsula and go up to like Squim, Washington, which is commonly referred to as the California of Washington. Um, beautiful area right there along the coast of the Sound and uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of neat things to take in over there, a lot of uh, natural beauty. I think too, if, you, if you're here, if you wanna obviously go see the Space Needle, you know, everybody always enjoys that, going down to the Space Needle, or if you're into art, especially glass blowing, the Chihuly exhibit downtown is a, a big one. Um, I enjoy, because I am a nerd, uh, the uh, Science Fiction Museum. I've been to that several times. I always think that's really fun. Uh, one of my favorite places to go, and this has been kind of recently that we've sort of gotten into it, is the uh, Museum of Flight down uh, almost into SeaTac, or that's the, the city south of us. Um, there's a wonderful exhibits all the time. They just had the Apollo exhibit, so we got to go and actually see the uh, furthest uh, man-made our object that went furthest man-made object that went furthest from the Earth and returned. We got to see that, and that was exciting. And nice. um, so there's there are a lot of opportunities for things to do and see around here. Um, I will warn whoever comes. Unfortunately, we have a very liberal drug policy. Uh, in this city, um, uh, for example, of course, marijuana is legal, uh, but that seems to be the least of the city's problems. There is a bit of a, um, a hard drug epidemic right now. Um, things like it's not uncommon to find heroin needles and things like this hanging out on city streets. So, so be careful where you step. Be careful where you step and don't go alone. Okay. Uh, I would always advise people to kind of be in groups, um, travel during the day. Um, you know, you can sort of tell which parts of downtown you would want to avoid, but that that's something I would certainly say. And and it's not just downtown. I mean, even out here, um, quite a bit north of downtown, we still have our uh, pretty big homeless community and things that float around and stuff. So you just need to be careful like you would of any, any major city. Okay. I mean, uh, Seattle just received, uh, we have the third, uh, highest, uh, number of homeless people in the nation, um, behind New York and Los Angeles. Uh, but the problem is New York and Los Angeles are far larger than we are. Certainly. So it gives you a much higher and more uh, concentrated percentage. So I would certainly uh, caution people against that. But by the same token, while you're out here, if you're if you're willing to drive a little ways, there's a if you head east, there's a lot of fun things to do. One of my favorite things to do is go over to a little town called Leavenworth, which I consider uh, to be like uh, if you've ever been to uh, the Epcot Center down in. Disney World, it's kind of like the German portion of it. It's not really a German community, but they think they're a German community, and it's very exciting and fun to go do and see. So that's certainly a good time. And there's a lot of great food, and a lot of, if you're into craft beers, this is certainly a wonderful place. And I, I of course, would be remiss and probably lose my Seattle citizenship if I didn't mention all the coffee houses where, where you could go. So... Where would you recommend, what are one or two great restaurants or breweries that you would recommend people check out while they're here? Great restaurants. Um, 
Well, I think if you're going to come here, uh, you've got to try the seafood. And uh, there's a lot of good seafood places around. One of them I would highly recommend is Ivers. Ivers Fish Bar. Yeah. Ivers Fish Bar. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would be one I'd highly recommend. Whenever we have um, guest instructors from the seminary come out, I, I, I certainly would recommend that. Also, not necessarily a brewery or a restaurant, but we have some great sporting venues, too. I'd really recommend taking in. I'm a huge soccer fan, and the Seattle Sounders, of course, uh, uh, is always fun, and tickets aren't hugely expensive. So you can go down to CenturyLink Field and take in a game and enjoy some of the local uh, atmosphere. There's also a lot of uh, little uh, restaurants and bars down that way, which I think are a lot of fun to do. So um, uh, obviously having children, I don't get to partake of that very often anymore. But yeah, it's certainly something I would, I would recommend. Good deal. So we've kind of talked about a lot of the highlights in terms of the natural beauty, the location, some of the costs in terms of being in this neo-pagan atmosphere, the cost of living. Are there any other great things about Seattle or not so great things about Seattle that somebody visiting or thinking about moving here should know? Well, the great thing about, oh, some of the great things about Seattle, it, there's truly, it, it is a world-class city in the sense of there are lots of opportunities for things to do. The, the, performing, arts are, the performing arts are outstanding. The, um, the ballet is ex, you know, quite exceptional. The Benaroya Hall, the symphony and things, there's a lot of really fun things to do um, as far as that goes, lots of opportunities. Um, as, as for the negative thing, it's, it, I think we touched on it a little earlier, and that's really the drug and homelessness culture. Um, the, it's very heartbreaking uh, for me to, to go around downtown and see people you know, stoned out of their mind and just feeling kind of helpless. What, what do I do? How can I help these people? Um, the city, their, their solution for it, well, they don't have a solution for it. It's just grown almost exponentially. Um, since I've, I've been here and it, it's very sad first of all for me having lived here oh you know on and off over a decade and seeing the transformation of this city um, that's been very difficult but it's also very difficult on a human level to, to see what these poor people are going through and and then having a city instead of trying to help them and or help them get off of, of whatever they're addicted to we just seem to be um, throwing money at the problem without any real strategy. Uh, here, here's an example. You, you may legally, in the city of Seattle, uh, have up to 30 doses of heroin on you and not be arrested. So you see people just literally strung out all day long on drugs and things. My... my I, my, every time we go downtown, you just can't help but witness it. And, and that's very hard to see. And then, of course, the, the trash and the litter and all of this. But watching people slowly kill themselves and not knowing how to help and not seeing any will for the city to help is, is just awful. 
watching um just just watching it it's 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 so pathetic and and you try to help you try to be nice but then you realize if if you if you do certain things you're just enabling them uh i certainly i i used to think oh if i just give them a buck or two but they'll just turn around and and use it for their habit and so that has has left this place kind of in a in a terrible spot i also something i don't think the city would ever contemplate um i think this whole drug culture has uh, allowed for a lot of of evil and demonic forces to to come into the city that they weren't necessarily uh, anticipating and and what do i mean by that is people you know doing drugs um uh, smoking crack doing heroin whatever uh, lowering their mental faculties and opening themselves up to, to uh, demonic influence. And, and I think that has also led to a rise in it here. And so this is one of these, these terrible tragedies, the, sort of the unforeseen consequences of such a liberal drug policy is the spiritual consequence that it, and the toll it takes on an area, which I don't even know how you would measure but I'm certainly uh, aware of it um, and keenly, keen, keenly see that a lot of these people, in addition to, to mental and, and uh, substance abuse problems, they, they have deep spiritual problems. And the city, of course, would never want to address it. And unfortunately, the churches don't have the um, capacity to address so much of that. Yeah, it's kind of one of the interesting and unfortunate things that as we pile more and more responsibilities on the state that people just assume that the state will take care of it and they don't even think of their church or Mm -hmm. things like that. Well, and and the city, I I know this is a bit of an old statistic, but I think it was 2017, they had literally uh, $100,000 per homeless person they had spent that year on homelessness. And it all it did was increase homelessness yeah um you know now they're talking about putting in these safe injection sites in ballard where you can go and and do your drugs and receive clean needles and have a um a nurse monitoring you know your 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 drug abuse and and you're thinking oh well that's good at least they they won't over if they overdose there'll be narcan and you know people can be saved and things but Again, we're not helping these people uh, get get over this problem. We're just enabling them to do it more. Yeah. And I, I think we just are very, as a as a city, have been very short sighted in in our our goals. We. And again, I I think it's part of part of just the nature of this place is, you don't want to get involved in your neighbor's business even if their business is killing themselves. That's pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. It can be. Um, This is a... uh, I think any pastor you'd talk to in the area would probably tell you this is a hard ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a hard hard part of the world. Um, I'm not trying to be too chilling here in this, but... We are just what will be coming to the rest of America. 
as as Seattle and the coast in general go, eventually that creeps its way across our, our land. So Pastor Mencken, as we wind down the podcast, what are some parting thoughts for our listeners in terms of Seattle and things they should should know? I don't want to make it sound as dire as I quite did. There is a, a lot of fun and a lot of joy to be had out here. Um, uh, parting thoughts, I, w- I would say with anywhere you're considering traveling, either moving or even on vacation, obviously I would recommend checking out the LCMS website, finding and ensuring that there is a good, solid Lutheran congregation where you're going to be going. Uh, that's one of my big tragedies is when I have members move away for different reasons and then after they've already bought a home, they say, oh, where am I going to go to church? And I say, well, the closest LCMS church is, you know, an hour and 30 minutes away, that kind of thing. And so I would always advise you to, to plan your trips around your spiritual health. Um, you know, obviously, if you uh, have medical uh, difficulties, you're not going to go somewhere without medical care. Well, we all have spiritual difficulties called sin. So I would encourage you to plot accordingly wherever you travel. Of course, I'd like to extend a warm welcome to anyone who would like to come and join us at Messiah. We're located at uh, 7050 35th Avenue Northeast in Seattle, uh, 98115 is the zip code. Um, More about our church can be found at www.messiahseattle.org. And, uh, of course, we have our podcast of our weekly service up there. You can go and, and literally watch the entire service from the week before oh, um, through our, our live stream. Uh, if you go to our media tab, and also our Bible classes are recorded and, and put up there every week. So I would, I would certainly encourage people to check us out if you are in the area. I do have a number of people who will come up and and say, oh, we heard you on Christian Pirate Radio or these other different podcasts. And it's always interesting to have uh, Lutherans visiting from around the country. Uh, And of course, um, you know, so I'd I'd highly recommend that. All right, excellent. I'll be sure and put those things in the show notes page. Are there any other places that people can follow you or follow your work that you'd like to point them to besides (laughs) just going to the Messiah website? yeah, I guess uh, no. I, I I think Messiah's website. I'm not I'm not a very good self promoter, so I don't really have any. I have my Facebook page, but unless you want to see a lot of pictures of my my beautiful children or my incredibly obnoxious uh, wiener dogs, um, there's who were generously <laughs> featured today on yes, the podcast. Made sure they, <laughs> their voices were made known. Um, yeah, there's it's really not. I wouldn't say any, it's, it's my work. It's just me. No, I, I would say our, our website is probably the best place to find me. All right. I will so, point people there. Thank right. you again for your time today, Pastor Mencken, and God's peace. All right, Nicholas, it's been a pleasure uh, meeting and talking with you today, and the Lord's blessings to you and uh, on your endeavor here on your podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more information about the things we talked about today, see the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash three. If you enjoyed the show, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a rating on iTunes and subscribe. I'm Nicholas Weber. Talk to you soon.